Hi, this is Cliff Click, and welcome to today's podcast. And today I'm going to talk about some um, some practicalities around queuing. And I, this came about because somebody asked me on Quora about uh, starvation in queues, and it occurred to me um, after you know some number of comments that followed that th there's some basic knowledge about queuing that you know I think should be shared here. So, so basically, queuing that the purpose of queuing, you know, the common wisdom is it's to help you handle the bursty nature of some particular problem. However, in practice, the land of queuing tends to fall into you know one of three camps. So it's either that your input uh, arrival time is very low compared to your service time, and your queue never backs up. And in, in many cases, um, people either don't have a queue or they have a de facto queue of one where there's something sitting in the inbox uh, waiting to get pulled as soon as the current thing gets done, but they don't even realize that it's a queue. It's a queue of one. Um, a queue of zero would be the case where um, the server's busy, and if a new task comes along, he simply drops it and doesn't actually do it. Um, but with a queue of one, you can handle one. But if a second one comes along while there's one in the inbox and the server's working, then something gets dropped, and we'll cover that in a minute. Flip side of that one is the case where the server's behind, and in fact, it's so far behind, it's just never going to catch up. Um, and, and this is a case where all the queuing in the world won't save you. Um, you know, queuing's for bursty nature, but if your average, uh, if your average service time is behind your average arrival time, eventually more things arrive than ever get serviced. All queues are full, and again, you're dropping things on the floor, and there's just there's nothing to be done about it. You're behind, and this is a case where you you know it's broken. You have to decide what that means. Here is a point that I want to make: that when you decide you're going to do queuing, or you have a service that has a queuing kind of policy, you need to think about the overflow situation. And there's sort of two obvious. Here's what happens when we got full situations, and then there's a third one that sometimes shows up as well. The first obvious one is we got full and we turned people away. The folks who got turned away simply got dropped. I walked up to Starbucks, the line was out the door, I walked away, Starbucks dropped the customer. I went to Amazon, I tried to go buy something, the website was slow, I walked away to eBay and I bought it there instead. Right? You you lost something. You know, that's sort of one failout. Another failout is one where you tell the thing that's getting rejected that they got rejected and to stop coming in and wait. So this is a case of somebody sending from A to B. Um, in the classic case, there's this TCP you know, protocol. Packets are being jammed from one end to another. Somebody's receiving them as fast as they can. They can't process them fast enough. They go tell the senator, hey, stop sending me packets. And if you keep sending me packets, I'll drop them on the floor and then I'll keep telling you to quit sending me packets. And when I'm ready to go pick up packets again, then I'll tell you to turn them back on. In the case of TCP, there's an extra handshake that says, and also this is where you know, I got to before I started dropping packets. But you can imagine there's lots of other cases where the queue might get deep and you get told to back off and try again later, but you're in the queue. And so it's the phone call to get to your doctor where your all calls are taken in the order received and so on and so forth. You're told, Basically, the queue is external. You know, it's somebody else's queuing, and, and this kind of you know pushback mechanism is actually sort of crucial in any scenario where you have a, a, a large, complicated queuing mechanism. You know, many, many, many stages and sets of queues in a row. You know, processing pipeline where you have to go keep telling people up the food chain, "Hey, quit sending, quit sending, quit sending," because there's something at the far end that's pushing too fast. And the pipes are moving at different speed, and you're only going at speed of the slowest pipe, and everyone you know ahead of that has to back up. 
The, the third case is the one where you had this fantasy that you were going to get all this fantastic load and you were going to buffer it um, in case it got really big and you didn't put a limit to the queue. And when the buffer came, you kept queuing and queuing and queuing and the queue got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until you ran out of memory and then you crashed and died. And I've seen that happen quite a few times as well. And the fantasy there is simply to say, I'll make the queue unbounded. Well, that's bullshit. It's not unbounded. It's bounded by the amount of memory you have to hold on to queue tasks. The other piece of like unbounded queuing is simply how long is it worth it to have something in the queue? So if it gets that slow to getting responded to, was it worthwhile? And, and this goes into, you know, this is one of the, the current fail modes of the internet um, that TCP was built to address. And the, the large amount of routers in the world that came around the last sort of couple generations had this funny mode where they had way more memory than they had networking. And so they were willing to buffer indefinitely and not tell the upstream person to quit sending, but they couldn't shove it out the downstream fast enough because for whatever reason, there was some bottleneck on the downstream. And what that turned into is, while there might be multiple paths to get data from point A to point B, the first path out the door said, I'll take all your data, but he turned out to be the suck path and he couldn't push it further, but he took it all from the server. So the server never got a chance to try a different routing, a different path through the internet to send bits elsewhere because some router said, yes, Destiny 2 came out and I'll take the entire 160 gigabyte download onto my internal router space for which my output pipe is itty bitty teensy weensy and will now take a week to download. Whereas if instead he said, hey, I've only gotten a megabyte or two shoved down and I've queued a few megabytes more and why don't you quit sending me faster than I can ship it out the door even though I can buffer it indefinitely. And then the server at the other end of the line might say, gosh, that path really sucks. Let me try a different route and see if you can get a better path. And that gets into the, you know, how do you handle, how do you build a, a network where you have a lot of complicated pathing problems? Um, having a member in the middle of their uh, queue indefinitely or queue a very large amount isn't actually helpful. People shouldn't queue more than what they can handle in their output pipes um, for the reason that you might want to then pick a different route if, you know, the path that you're on is the suck one and the local queue, the local router doesn't actually have a knowledge of, of what other paths there are and what's a better path, you know, what a better path might look like. Okay, <clears throat> so enough about internet routing games. Um, back to this sort of single server uh, input queuing things. So I said there, there are these modes. It's, it's you just blocked and threw things on the floor when the queue ran out. You took forever and you crashed and burned, or you blocked but also said, hey, quit sending me, and then you can handshake with the sender to say, okay, I'm ready for some more. Um, these are sort of the obvious sort of techniques for handling overflow, but it, it does behoove you to think about it, what it means to get slammed there. If only so you know what the fail mode is, should you know Black Friday hit and the and the interwebs, interwebs get too full for you. Uh, what was that other thing? Oh yeah, let's talk a little bit about priority queues and how they behave in the land of fail. The you know, priority queue said, um, I had a bunch of tasks, I have them different priorities. When they show up, I do the high priority ones ahead of the low priority ones. And when did that make a difference? And when was it useful or not? So if your server is always like idle, keeping ahead of the load, then the priorities were useless because you never had a second task in front of you that you could priority against. And so it's first come first serve and all the priority logic in the world was unused and untested, no one cared. Um, and the other version of it is the, you know, the useful version, I guess, is, the, is where the system's bursty, but you're keeping up. And here you can do the high priority ones ahead of the low priority ones and it all works. And there's a question about starvation I'll get to in a minute. And then there's the, the fail mode one, which says, 
Uh, jobs kept coming in and I ran out of space. And now I threw things away. And when you throw things away, you no longer have a priority queue because you end up throwing away high priority jobs as well as low priority jobs. And so it's not a priority queue anymore. It's potluck, can I get in the door because a hole opened up on the server for one more task. Um, and then if that task was high priority, it got out ahead of the low priority ones who, as long as high priority ones keep showing up, the low priority ones are in fact indefinitely starving. Um, but if you know the, the high priority ones out, the low priorities might make progress. But there's a steady flow of new jobs coming in, so whether or not it's starvation or low priority depends on you know the high priority ones. And in fact, if there's a steady stream of jobs coming in of all kinds, when there's enough high priority ones coming in that you're not actually handling them either, then you're throwing away high priority ones and, and starving. There are, there are people who, who sort of do better refinements on this. Um, you know, if you're in the land of high-frequency trading uh, and you're looking at network packets and you have, you know, microseconds, nanoseconds to do something with a packet, one of the high-priority things, low-priority things you'll do is say, I always have space for one more packet on my network. I always have room for one more task to show up. All I'm going to do with it is a priority check. And if he's high-priority, um, he'll go in the high-priority queue. And if he's low-priority, he goes in the low-priority queue. And if everyone's full, I'm going to throw out the oldest low-priority job and use that space to hold a high priority job. And this works in sorting low from high priority until all the low priority jobs got thrown out and you're still completely full and you're only full of high priority jobs and the next high priority job came along and you ran out of memory and so you threw on the floor. It, you know, the priority thing helps a little bit if you're actually in this in-between bursty stage and it doesn't help at all if you're, if you're just behind. You, you know, if you're not keeping up then the best you can hope for is to be a filter from high from low priority. Uh, but if you're not keeping up on the high priority jobs, then you're throwing them on the floor too. Okay, so there's this other fantasy mode for queuing, which says that um, it's bursty, but I'm keeping up. And in that case, there is no starvation of low priority jobs because you eventually, you're keeping up, so eventually you drain the high priority line, get to the low priority line. And if you decide that the low priority job waited too long and it needs to happen sooner, then in fact you have a more complicated priority scheme which says the longer you wait, the higher priority you got. Uh, and that's, you know, a FIFO queue. Uh, and so in the worst case scenario, when you're back way up and things are getting really slow, you degrade to a FIFO queue. And why did you even bother with, uh, you know, other priority knowledge? Just be a freaking FIFO queue and not have a priority at all. Okay, so what else can we say here? Um, oh, I have this great example I was going to work through here. Um, and this maybe help people understand sort of the difference between the different queuing strategies and what's starvation and what's not. So imagine that you're headed off to the department of, you know, the DMV, the Department of Mutant Vehicles, and, and to get some paperwork done. And you forgot to make an appointment, and you show up at the door, and you, you, no appointment, you're the low-priority line. And when you walk in the door and you look, and you see there's 100 folks in the high-priority line, those who make an appointment, right, and 100 people in the low-priority line, and you go hang out in the low-priority line. And after a tedious hour of observation, you realize that the high-priority line has not really shrunk, it's merely changed members. So what really happens here is that people who walk in the door, they make the decision that they're gonna stay it out or leave. They have their own priority function. So the priority of the task includes the person's own how much time they wanna burn here, right? And the folks in the high priority line are probably getting through in about 15 minutes, but the low priority line hasn't moved. And so you wait another hour and still the low priority line hasn't moved, but the high priority line has rolled over members a few times. Is it starvation? Is the low priority line ever going to move? You're thinking it's starvation, but maybe you keep waiting. And if you keep waiting till five, you'll watch the DMV come and close the door. And there will be no more jobs coming in the queue. 
In about 15 minutes, the high priority line will drain out, and then they'll work on the low priority line, which in about 15 minutes will drain out as well. So was that starvation? Or was it the bursting nature of the job? In the case of the DMV, the bursts come from 8 to 5. And then there's no more new tasks showing from 5 onward till the next morning. So it's a very bursty job and queuing works. And eventually a low priority line gets through and it's not starvation technically, but a really, really long wait. Right? So, so I guess I'll wrap this up here. Um, so the kind of, the, you know, when you look at a queuing job, the kind of things to think of are, you know, the state you're in, the server's keeping up really and typically it keeps up such that the input queue is completely emptied or has no more than a few things. Sometimes people don't bother with the queue, but they have a de facto one because like the networking packet is backing up some set of tasks and he's reading from a TCP pipe and, and the queuing's in the TCP pipe, for instance. But the wait times are low and nobody cares and you just, you're effectively FIFO. The, the other one is the server is behind and when it gets behind, there's a couple different modes it runs into, and it behooves you to know what your servers are going to do when they get this far behind, right? And the choices are, the queue is uh, the queue is always fixed size, by the way, just completely, 100% it's fixed size. There is a maximum upper bound. So one of them is, you queued everything you could without regard to memory, and you kept queuing until you ran out of memory and the system crashes for an out of memory. And, you know, everyone hates that. It sucked. That's a really bad situation. Uh, on the other hand, I've seen people do it because I never think it's actually going to happen and they'll just queue indefinitely. So another one is you queued with knowledge of forethought that if your queue gets this big, I should stop taking jobs. And then people who came after that got thrown on the floor. And if you had a priority queue, you're probably throwing on the floor both high and low priority jobs because you weren't looking at the job, you're just throwing them on the floor. And then the other one is that once you decided that you're full and you can't take any more, you also tell the people sending you jobs, hey, stop sending me jobs, I'm full. And this lets folks upstream decide to have a different strategy. It, it, it widens the knowledge that this server is running behind to the sender as well as the receiver. And the sender might make a more intelligent choice then about what to do with the extra workload. Maybe he has multiple servers he can send jobs to. Maybe he tells who's sending him tasks to slow it down. And maybe he just puts a little, you know, red red flag somewhere. Somebody, hey, hey, hey this job's going to take a long time because I can't, you know, get the XYZ server to respond fast enough. There's also this in-between mode, which is actually kind of rare in practice. And that's there is a bursting nature to the job, but the server typically keeps up and you need some queuing. And it's usually just a modest amount because if you're if it's that bursty, unless it's really hugely bursty, you have a wide exponential spread and in incoming tasks, big bursts when they come in, you need a big enough queue to handle the big bursts. But on average, it's still low and you keep up. Um, the priority part only makes sense if that there's tasks that need to get done in a more timely fashion than like the end of a big burst. Priorities don't matter if your queue gets completely full and the server's just behind because they're going to get dropped on the floor high and low both, right? And if the server is really you know, idle, again, priorities don't matter. It's everybody gets served immediately and it's all great. It's only an issue if you have a big-ass burst and also some tasks uh, need to get done faster than others. So it's, it's more of an unusual situation when you actually need a priority queue. Well, okay, I guess that was mostly it. You know, I hope... Uh, <laughs> I hope that you figure out all of your queuing problems. And uh, you know, the main lesson for the day is, is always schedule an appointment when you go to the DMV. And with that, 
have a great day and see you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye.